Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Podcast and today Austin is out. I sub in Jake. I'm the normal. I, apparently, I'm the I'm the normal, consistent in the podcast. Although, because I am hosting, I guess that's how it works. David Morissuti here, trying to do a podcast while the Dallas Cowboys are playing the New Orleans Saints, and I have a lot on the line in this game. Not well, yeah, money wise, with the Survivor Pool, and Jake's got some. Uh, he's got some money too. Um, Jake, it's not a good Sunday when, uh, you're basically looking at the final, well, not the final game, because there's still the Monday Nighter, but one of your final games and you need something badly to go your way. Uh, yeah, like, I just, I really don't like taking point totals, because just game flow is completely dictates how many points you're going to be scored. This one's probably not going to be a lot of points, especially considering how how just lackadaisical these guys are with with how much time they're taking. Yeah, this this has been a you know what this, this game uh, has been very slow paced because both offenses are not like they're trying things and then failing miserably like a reverse that just happened right now that Dallas was totally ready for apparently so um, yeah so Austin is doing something tonight. Uh, he's been texting me some stuff that I need from him in terms of predictions, so we got those. Um, so if he's able to hop on uh, kind of at the end there, that's why I'll save the predictions for the end. That way, if he's able to give them in person, he can give them in person. Um, so, Jake, the last time Austin and I did the podcast, we discussed the Mitch Marner contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give your thoughts on the contract. Or we can take this a different road, and the road that kind of everyone on Twitter has been going on, which is how do other contracts that have been signed after Marner's kind of put things into perspective for the Leafs? Which avenue do you want to go? Do you want to talk to the deal itself? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm tired of the comparables. I mean, it's a terrible contract. Everyone knows that. You just knew, you just knew that Rantanen wasn't going to sign anywhere near that money. Um, so it's, it's just really annoying how 
this media driven thing, how he's basically worth this money and then everybody acts like, Oh yeah, it was a fair deal for Miko Rantanen. So basically the Leafs had to pay up to get a supposed lifelong fan to sign with them. Yeah, th- this is the part I understand as an agent, you're trying to get your client the best deal. But then you see the other deals like like the bridge deals, I I put those aside. Those are not comparable. No, they don't count. They don't count. They're three year deals opposed to six. You know, and I know how much agents now figure in the way the cap is going to change and all that. I, I th- those are irrelevant. If people are comp- are mad about the bridge deals. The Leafs were not in a position like Tampa, Calgary. Uh, who else did bridge deals? Technically, Winnipeg with with Line A, but they ended up doing a long term deal with Connor. Col- Columbus, Columbus, Boston, and Boston. Well, Columbus was that was I think that was more the player didn't want to sign the long term deal. Because if you're Marinsky, why the hell would you want to sign a long-term deal in Columbus? That's well, you got to be there for what? What is it? Four years until he's free agent? Yeah, four. So yeah, yeah and he signed three with a pretty good qualifying offer. He did, and that—that's the other thing too. Is all these guys signed for qualifying offers, like bigger term, bigger salary at the end of the contract, which means the qualifying offer is. Is kind of like the starting base on the next negotiation. So, Brain Point I think was like nine or just over nine million. Guess what? Tampa's going to be starting at nine when it comes to a contract for him. Um, I also get the argument with, you know, the the taxes and stuff. No, it Do doesn't make sense because bonuses are taxed differently. So, so I you, mean, you're not it's dumb. No, people act like they're fucking accountants, but no, in the end, it doesn't really matter. So. What, is your bigger problem? I mean, obviously the cap. The, the issue here for and we'll just say this: the Leafs can pay these guys whatever they want because they can afford it. Money wise, they can't. We know that the Leafs can pr- pretty much print money. The issue is that when the league puts in a hard cap like this, you expect the players to realize: okay, if you guys take this much, that means you're only leaving us this much. Um, I under and I also understand like in the Leafs case the forwards like when you sign Tavares to a live eleven million dollars they've kind of set a standard there and like that was the guy that everyone was comparing to in my mind do you feel like that was what happened maybe I I have no idea how you're even negotiating like it's a precedent annoys me was. It's basically like the Leafs were negotiating as if they didn't have like bird rights, or not. Or all these guys have no rights, like none of them have rights, and they negotiated like they're free agents and they're not. They're restricted free agents. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the part had more to do with Nylander and how that one played out because the players said, "Yep, yeah, I'll sit out. I don't mind that at all." Um, and the team was just like, oh, uh, we didn't expect you to sit out this long. We better figure something out. And then other agents were like, well, you don't want our guy to sit out like Nylander did. I think that... Was... It's just such a veiled threat. Like, I can't believe he took that long to do it, but there's just no way you're going to sit out an entire season. It, it's, it is a tough one. I, I, do, I do admit that 
if you were if you were the college of and you told Mitch Marner, we think you're worth this, and he says no, and I'll sit out until I do it. it I know it, it. You don't want it, the the constant questions every day. When's the deal going to get done? When's the deal going to done? But it's also your job to make sure the team is getting the best value at the end of it. Not to not to appease the player to get him in camp. If he wants to sit out of camp, that's his choice. That that's his, He wants to make it tougher. Let it. Let him make it tougher on himself. Your job is to is to serve the team first, and I think. The problem is Dubas is trying to find a way to get that happy medium between both. And he's realizing that was tougher than I think he expected. So I I don't know where exactly the the where those conversations were had in terms of we heard about the eleven by seven for Marner and everyone flipped about that. And then this contract comes out and you're like, uh, that's not a much better either. So what would you have signed Marner at, Jake, if you had your choice? Uh, I think the highest I would have done is is eighty over eight, ten ten by eight. That's the max I would have gone. So that's about eight hundred thousand less than what he got per year. But he did six. That's right, he did six. So would you have been okay with that ten point eight if he got if if Dubas got eight years? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And and I think with you know the the thing is is. We're saying this about Marner, but Matthews is under the same boat too. I thought that was a shit deal too. Like it, it ne- ever made sense? Like when they went to when they were negotiating, and he was like, "I can't do it for the team because the number on a long term deal would be so much; it would be cap restrictive." It's like, why? <laughs> like what? Again, there's like no precedent, and it's just. I don't know. All, all the Leafs guys have just gotten basically whatever deal they wanted, and it's just so annoying. Yeah. And now, but now what? This all goes away if they if they perform. If what? Exactly. But I mean, it doesn't help because that probably the two million they probably overpaid both of them, which adds up to probably three million dollars. That's a good backup goalie. That's a six defenseman. That isn't Martin Marincin. Like, it, it matters, it and they're does. just going to have to continually uh, just bring through players. Like, obviously, it's great to see, you know, Sandine make the team, and I hope he becomes a really good player, but they got to get more prospects in, and they can't keep trading first-round picks. They can't keep trading first yeah, because you need those first-round picks now. Yeah, they're, that's your only way of getting cheap talent. Like, I look at a guy like... Um... Like Trevor Moore, who's going to probably play a bigger role this year because of that. He um, also with a guy like that, you got to start. You got to start risking it. You got to start signing him to a three million dollars for seven years. Like you got to risk it and hope that some of them overperform. Not like onerous contracts, but something where they definitely have to do like what they did with Connor Brown. Didn't he sign like a five-year deal for like two point eight or something? Like he he obviously wasn't good enough to have that contract for the Leafs, but he's very easy to trade because it's not like he's garbage. I think his was four years at like two point one. I think him and Hyman got similar. It's almost like Hyman's, like where you get some. Hyman had like a five or six year deal though. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's it's been so long. Browns was three years, six point three. 
I think Hyman's was like five years. Double check that. Um, just, just because I wanna, I wanna get. Hyman's was four years, nine million. Okay. So. So the Leafs haven't signed anybody to over six year deal. Other than Tavares, but that was a free agent. Yes. I I think the big one here, and uh, I don't think Austin and I really talked about this, but Travis German has to be the one. That. You just you, you have to start taking risks uh, and giving long term security to. Guys that aren't obviously elite players, but they're average to above average players. It's like, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree on that because eventually you got to figure out a way to get value on Because right now the Leafs are getting at or above market value for these contracts in terms of these guys are, are getting every penny they can. Like, when they signed Kapanen and Janssen to... I mean, Janssen got the four years at 3.4. Kapanen got the three years at 3.2. You're like, yep, that's what they should get based on what they've done. But you wish they could have extended those years a little bit more. Yeah, but, I mean, with how much money that they have going to three players, I mean, it's hard. You know, if they... If these guys aren't aren't overpaid by a mil a million two million dollars, then you can get it. But when you do shit like this, pay some kid that's everybody's playing the hometown card, and he signs for one and a half million dollars more than he should. It doesn't help. Yeah, I I think it helps when I mean the Kerfoot deal can be based on what I've seen what I saw from him when I went to the preseason game. Three point five million for your third line center is pretty good. Um, yeah, that's probably what he should get. But you should have tried to do it. You know, five years they did what three? Uh, they did four. Four. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, I thought it was three. Um, the good thing about Kapanen's deal is that he is an RFA at the end of it, so you're not walking him through UFA, unlike Janssen. Right. I think that's the benefit to that deal. But I also could see a guy like Janssen or Kapanen, if they need to make room to add a defenseman down the road, one of those two is going to be gone. They were close to being gone until Carolina took uh, Marlowe's contract. Yeah, they, they actually got lucky. And think about how much that that saved them. He, he took a bullet for them. I mean, it kind of sucks they had to give up something. But imagine if he decided to stay, they'd be screwed. No, they, and, and that's the other thing, too, is Patrick Marlowe was willing, and he's not signed to anything right now. He No, he's he, he's probably not going to play this year, which is kind of frustrating because they could have just LTIR'd him if he retires, but I think he still wants to play, but who knows what will happen. Maybe he's just waiting for a team to call, like, for him. To, the thing with veteran guys, they don't really need a training camp to get, like, they're... I feel like it's, no. it's more for the younger Nobody guys. really needs a training camp anymore. Guys are, well, like, training camp was made so guys could get into shape. Now they are in shape. Yeah. I think um, the only thing is you don't want to have what happened with Neil Ender where you're coming in and you're just totally flustered and not ready to, ready to get going right off the bat. That's the other thing. Right. Um... Yeah, in, in this training camp, in this preseason, the, the problem was is there was so much talk about stuff 
happening off the ice. Um, that on the ice, nothing was really discussed at length. Like when, like when I watched them play Detroit, like Detroit's gonna be so bad this year. Holy They're horrible. Lee. Like I know they had half half of their NHL and some of their AHL on it, but like the Leafs took like they they picked them apart. They had I think they had like twelve or sorry sixteen shots on goal. They just look like they're going to be on the treadmill, just the forever garbage treadmill. Yeah. I mean, with Steve Eisman there, I guess they can be somewhat confident that he will make the tough decisions like he did in Tampa. Uh, although Tampa had quite a bit of the that stocked up for him, and he just kind of moved some things around, and uh, we'll see We'll see how he, he progresses with that team. But, like, when you look at the Leafs, um, the power play looks different with the... It looks different, but it doesn't feel different. Like, having Marner and Matthews switch sides, I know they're trying to open up Matthews for that one, like, kind of the Kucherov one-timer, like the OV uh, one-timer off using his off uh, wing. Uh, he's not really a one-timer guy. He's more of, like, a no. snapshot guy. That, that's true. He's got he's to gotta be... Like in the slot. Yeah, and then right now they don't. So like Tavares is kind of the in. So sorry, no. Yotsen is in front of the net. Tavares is the slot guy. Then you got Riley at the point, and then Marner and Matthews on the along the boards. I think though with Matthews' shot, and we've seen it so many times, he's able to find those holes, and that's probably why he's off to the side and Tavares I feel like is a better is a little a bit better in the slot because he's he's able to get you know the pucks through and he's able to snap it off quickly but I like Tavares more in front of the net he's because he's just so hard to knock off the like the puck off of he's he's so strong yeah no like he's playing net front isn't he yeah, I think him and Janssen are kind of going back and forth there, but Janssen doesn't really make sense in that regard because he's smaller, right? Right. So yeah, um, yeah. Like the, the, I mean, the power play, it was only an issue in the playoffs. It wasn't really an issue during the season. Um, five on five is where I thought I was a little concerned because of how many changes were being made. You know, with Hyman being out. I like Kapanen on the Tavares Marner line if he's willing to not play the Hyman role because I mean obviously he's a more skilled player than Hyman, but be willing to you know hit guys along the boards, chase down the puck because he's got that incredible speed. I I like what I see from that unit. I mean Marner and Tavares drive that line offensively, and Kapanen will be the beneficiary of. Some uh, some gift passes and all that, and probably will have a better chance of burying them over Hyman. So that's a plus. Uh, Nylander Matthews being back together is going to be good. I mean, we saw that goal that Nylander scored on the power play on Saturday night. Like, what an absolute rocket of a shot. Mm-hmm. So I like what I saw there. The third line with Mikheyev... Kerfoot and Moore, that's a line I can get behind. Yeah, that'll be a fun line to, to see what they can do. I, really I, hope, I hope uh, all of those guys are going to be on the penalty kill because 
that's probably the biggest weakness the Leafs have is outside of backup goaltending is probably their penalty kill because it it's the only reason they lost that series to Boston. It's the only reason. Yeah, they need guys like, that can clear the get the puck out. They had struggled with that a lot. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, because um, I'm trying to remember. Like, I think Gauthier is going to do some PK work. McKeev, Trevor Moore will be good on the PK. Uh, you, have, you have to have someone who's way got way quicker feet. Yeah. Because, holy crap, Gauthier doesn't have it. Also, it should be it should just be better because Zaitsev and Hainsey aren't going to be on the on the penalty kill because they are they are just actually ticking time bombs. They just throw grenades. They don't shoot it off the glass. They just throw it right up the middle. That's it, the most annoying thing is guys that just don't take five milliseconds longer and not toss it up the middle. And kind of they're playing the front of the net. Sometimes I felt like, all right, you're not really doing much. You're kind of just there. You're just standing in front of the net. They're very like nonchalant with guys trying to you know, screen Anderson and all that. So I, I do like, I do think in some cases when, with this team, a good part of this improvement will be addition by subtraction. Yep, should be. They cut a lot of dead weight, so. They got more depth, too, I feel. Like, I know Nick Shore is not the most exciting name, but if, like, Goat goes down and Spezza goes I down. think they got better. Um, I still want to see what they do for a backup quarterback, or backup quarterback, backup goalie. I think that's by far the biggest weakness that they need to address. Yeah, Hutchinson looked good against Montreal, then he looked not so great. I mean, he looked okay against um, against Detroit. But yeah, I, I keep I, seeing things about like Tristan Jari. Is he going to Colorado? And like, they keep saying a Jack Johnson trade, which would make no sense for Colorado. But like, is Tristan Jari going to get waived? Is he going to get traded? Because I, I don't know why the Leafs wouldn't wouldn't trade for any of them. Yeah, I mean, if if you're the Leafs, you I mean, I, I know that the Penguins really want to get rid of that that contract, like that that Jack Johnson. They just want to get rid of Jack Johnson. That was such a terrible signing, and they're trying so hard. Like it's it's so hard when you're uh, when you're trying to make up for a mistake, and it's. Uh, um, yeah, I, okay, so this is where it was. I, I was reading an article saying that uh, Rutherford says he's open to trading a goalie. He's had conversations. I'd assume the Leafs would have been one of them. Um, but yeah, they have Jari and they have... Who's he? Oh, the Smith. Yeah. So... Um, they're both not great, but they're better than any of the clowns that the the least have a backup. I would I would take Jari though for sure. I mean, even just yeah, of course, yeah. I know that they don't want to waive Jari because they know that a team like the Leafs would put in a claim for him. A lot of teams would have put in a claim for him. I feel, um, but yeah, the backup goal. It just feels like so many teams like Boston has a really good backup, but they paid a lot for it. Like. The the backup goalie job has kind of a weird a weird valuation in terms of some teams will pay a lot for it, some teams just don't want to pay at all, like the Leafs. But and they can't and unfortunately the Leafs really can't afford 
to pay out like what Boston did for a uh, what they when they got uh, Halak. That's the problem. Yeah, seems like that's the way you got to do it. Is not if it's not just a complete tandem, you got to have someone who's able to play what amounts to probably twenty or thirty games. Yeah, it, and and we we know that they need their backup to play. I want to see the backup play at least twenty eight to thirty games. That's a lot. I was gonna say twenty. Well, okay, twenty five is the number I think I've been hearing the most, and that's that makes the most sense. Just because seems on it just seems very unrealistic. How many? How I think Freddie might have played seventy games last year. No, he played less than that. He was in the Did 60s. He? he was in the 60s for sure. Had um, to have been high 60s. He played... I got the number... Come on, down, down, down. He played, I'm going to say 68. 60, played exactly 60 last year. Wow. The reason, though, is also because he got hurt last year. That's right. That's the main reason why he didn't play as much. I, f- I feel like I never saw him... I know he missed, I think it was like four games. Um, there was that stretch where him and Sparks both got injured, and that's why Hutchison was brought in. It was, like, late December. Yeah, because they, they, uh, they beat Vancouver. And then... They lost to Boston, I remember that. Yeah. Like, 4-3, where they couldn't stop a fucking a nosebleed. I'm trying to think what else, uh, what other games they would have been through. But, yeah, like... It's just also if Freddie goes down, can we trust Hutchinson to take? No, the long term? We, and we can't. We honestly can't. No. And the problem is, the goalies and the Marlies are just so young that even they wouldn't be ready for it. I no. mean, I, I, if I, I, if Joseph Wall and Ian Scott get a good full year, and then you kind of see, uh, you know, kind of down, and even with Cascas. It's a Kaskaso, Kaskaso. There's been so many pronunciations, pronunciations of that. Didn't they release him though? No, he's uh, well, he's he's been reassigned to the Marlies. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he cleared waivers. Yeah, we finally get a goalie that doesn't get claimed on waivers. Um, but yeah, that probably means they're not good. I mean, it's also because teams. I guess teams are just looking for a guy that has the NHL experience. That's why McElhaney was picked up. That's why Pickard, even though he wasn't great, was picked up. They want it, these teams want play, want their backups to have that NHL experience because then it gives their younger AHL goalies more reps to play more rather than just sit on the bench. So that's uh, that's going to be a key thing for the Leafs. I, I think it would be wise for them to try to make a trade for goalie if they can shed a, a deal. But I think uh, Pittsburgh has – sorry, I'm just watching the Dallas Cowboys absolutely destroy Teddy Bridgewater right now on a sack. Really what nice. the hell was that dance? I don't know. Robert <laughs> Quinn – Robert Quinn has been a freaking beast since he's been with the Cowboys, but my God, that was so weird. I, I will never complain about a hockey player celebration after watching that. Let's just say that. Um, but let's move forward, though. I mean, the Leafs, 
Okay, let's let's bring this one thing up quickly though. I I'm gonna kind of put this put you on the I'm gonna put you on the spot because I'll talk about this too. Uh, the Austin Matthews situation. Austin and I said we weren't gonna touch this with it with a ten foot pole, ten inch pole, ten foot pole, ten uh, foot pole, ten foot pole. Thank you, because ten inches is not that long. Um, the only reason why is we didn't know the full details. At least hadn't really talked about it. I'm not going to talk about the incident itself because, frankly, it's a personal matter. I'm not talking. I don't like. It's not our, my position to talk about that. What I will talk about, though, is the irresponsibility of not telling the Leafs. And that was that was embarrassing. I, I don't. I just. It makes no sense to me. It's like, it's like even if you tell your parents. I don't know. I have no idea. He, they did say. Oh, his parents agent, knew about right? it. His parents knew. The parents knew about it. Then that's even worse. That's on people that are supposed to be working with him and handling with them. How they don't, tell. you know, tell him. That would be the first person you tell. They're gonna find out. Like this is the thing. I think personally, he says it was an error in judgment. I think he thought this was gonna go away quietly. Because it didn't happen in Toronto, it happened in Arizona. You know, he was hoping that it would kind of slide under the water. You know, just just kind of go away. And unfortunately, when you have people who... I don't know how this person found it in the first place. When the first... Because uh, we all saw the picture of the guy. Someone took a screenshot of the website. Like... It was almost. It wasn't a fluke because somebody else in Arizona could have found it. Like if a news reporter, news reporters kind of look at these things. So if they saw Austin Matthews' name. They're like, "Oh, Austin Matthews, the very famous player that is from the Phoenix area, from the Arizona plays in not plays in Arizona, but lives in Arizona." I think this is something worth writing about or like worth sharing. I think he got caught trying to keep things quiet but just give your team just give the Leafs a heads up doesn't mean they're gonna they might decide you know what let's just get ahead of it and then we can deal with this the right way because when the one thing they and especially in PR the worst thing you can do is get blindsided by something and not have a plan of action of how to deal with it Mm -hmm. because the Leafs are totally Kyle I felt so bad for Kyle Dubas yeah, I I kind of uh, I kind of looked at it uh, in a bad light for them because I just figured they had to have known this. But considering what everybody was saying, it's it's just a really tough situation for them. It is. It, it it's you know he's had so much shit to deal with. Like to be fair, he had so much to deal with with the contracts and all that stuff. To have to deal with something like this. Like, look, it's part of the, it comes with the job to have to deal with stuff that happens with players off the ice, but for him to find out like everybody else is on Twitter. He said he found out on Twitter, and he called him right away. Like, how do you think that? I I, I know that conversation probably went. Did Especially not considering the contract that he gave him. Yeah. Which and, is, in my opinion, a terrible one, but very extremely player friendly. Look, the Leafs put their faith in saying you are a. We just made you the highest played player on our team for a reason, 
and you go out and you just tell us that we're not worth a phone call when you have an issue, you know, an issue that we can help you with. It's not like the Leafs were going to cut him or anything. The Leafs would have tried to help them because it looks it'll look better for their image if they get ahead of it. So that's all I'm. I, that's what I'm going to say about that. And there's this prevailing thought that oh, this affects him become the captain. Uh, what the Leafs are doing well in this situation is say, well, we didn't say Austin Matthews was going to be the captain. People were just assuming he was going to be the captain. So they're playing it off as if the situation didn't have any bearing on the captain situation at all. Which I think is, is the right way to go about it. Um, do you think... Do you think... There was a, I mean, I think many thought Matthews was going to be the captain, but do you think there was a good chance he was going to be the captain? I thought he was, but, I mean, I can't find a reason why he should be after this debacle. Yeah. Um, I'm of the mind, I mean, it's either Tavares or Riley. I mean, the Riley one got a little interesting, in my opinion, because Tavares had a very interesting quota practice. Actually, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, let's see. Here it is. Oh, wait, no. That wasn't it. That was from last night. I'm trying to find the right. Ah, here we go. It was from Mark Masters. So, Mark Masters tweeted this out from Leafs practice. John Tavares of Morgan Rally. Being, being through everything he's kind of been through. Oh, by the way, this is a player that has dealt with the situation the right way when he's being accused of something. The type of player he is, how he carries himself on and off the ice, he's got so much respect from everyone in our room. He's He plays such a vital role for us. He's someone we all look up to. That sounds like a guy that's kind of giving a bit of an endorsement there if you're John Tavares. Is it not? Um, I think... That's what everybody seems to be thinking. I would rather give it to Morgan Riley personally, but well, that's what I'm I saying. I mean, there's, that's there's what, no real mistake. That's what that's what Tavares said about Riley, though. He's like, this is someone we look up to. He's a vital player for us. The only one, the only argument that people are trying to make about not giving it to Riley, and it's kind of a, a ridiculous one. Oh, but his contract's up in two years. Who cares? I. I, I I'm just sick and tired of hearing about contract talk. It's it just is so nauseating. But yeah, and I, I think you know he's been here. I think he's now one of the longest tenured Leafs, if I'm not wrong. He is. He is the longest tenured Leaf. So you know he understands the market. He understands everything that goes with it. I mean, if him or Tavares get it, it's not a wrong decision either way. But I think it also sends a, a night. A certain message if Riley gets it considering all he's been through and has had to deal with and how he's and it's not just what he's dealt with it's how he has dealt with it he's never backed away from a situation he's always faced everything head on his play on the ice has shown that he's taken steps I I, I can't and I was actually someone that thought he his name shouldn't have been discredited as other people have been because oh he's not Matthews or Tavares he's not of that level 
Well, it depends on how you look at the situation. I think Raleigh is one of the most important players on the team. So Yeah, he probably he probably is maybe the second most important, maybe third. Mm-hmm. Obviously Freddie's first. Yeah. If you're not even gonna include him, which you shouldn't at this point, because it's always gonna be a goalie, it's either him or probably Marner or probably Matthews or Tavares, one of the two. Yeah. One thing I will say is the Leafs have seen what life without Matthews is like. Life without Morgan Riley, they haven't really seen it to that degree of like, and it really extended period. So that's that's my only counter argument to the importance. Although we did say Riley is among the top three, so we're not discrediting his importance in that regard. Um, when it comes to the the lineup, I think it's pretty much set. Rasmus Sandin, as you mentioned before, Jake, has really impressed. I was of the mind that he needed to look, like, really, really good to make this team. I didn't want him to be, like, you know, he's good, but he has this little thing that he should work on. If he had anything to work on, he should not be in the NHL then. He should be fixing whatever that is in the AHL. But when I look at what the options would be, it's either... Sandin, uh, Gravel, or Ben Harper, I think I'm going to lean towards Rasmus Sandin in this situation. And he deserves it, too. Uh, what, from, I know we, have, we haven't seen a lot, a lot of him, although if you watched the game in Detroit where he played over 30 minutes, you saw a lot of him. What about him makes you, do you think Mike Babcock likes he just seems steady. He doesn't seem. He seems like he'll always do the right play because he does. He is like a, he always looks so patient, which is something that probably none of the Leafs defensemen have. <laughs> I mean, especially the going out ones that left the left the team had no patience. Yeah, he's he's willing to do, make plays in various ways too, whether it's skated out, you know making a nice breakout pass. He's not a one-trick pony. That's the, that's the one thing with him. And, yeah, his demeanor is so calm. Um, like, he's he's been paired with Martin Murch and the guy that everyone hates. And he's made that pairing look, look playable. That's probably my best way to describe it. And looks like Martin Murch will be that third pairing right shot defenseman. Hopefully, they need. They still need to find a, their own right shot D. Because I always, I always wonder how. I mean, they're gonna have to pick between either one or the other between Muzzin and Barry. But you have to figure. You have to wonder how they're gonna have the space to sign even one of them. Well, that 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 you have to, the Leafs will have to do some finessing with the cap in terms of contracts and stuff. Um. Obviously, you would probably prioritize the right shot because Lilligren, maybe with some time with the Marlies, can be a call-up option at one point this season. But um, you you definitely... It, he's not at to the point where I said, you know what, I can say, let Muzzenberry play it out and then if they don't sign, they don't sign. No, I think it's like, let's not put Lilligren in that position where he has to take over for one of them or take over for Barry he 
he should be coming in at his own pace. And I think that's what they're trying to do. That's why they made these trades. So it is going to be tough. That's There's no doubt. I don't think they're going to sign both, as you say. Um, but I think you should prioritize the one. I think the right right side is just so vastly under. Because, uh, look, even CC could be gone, too. Yeah. I think that you might need Lilligren regardless. So I think maybe that helps make the decision on signing a guy like Barry. If you say, okay, Muzzin and CC are gone. We can use that money to sign Barry. Maybe have to make a trade or two to fix, uh, to alleviate some cap space uh, from the forwards. That's going to be the way to do it, in my opinion. But that, yeah, I think uh, the def- the defense is going to be something to watch. <coughs> I think Freddie, uh, he's looked really good in preseason. In past years, he always kind of has those kind of, I don't want to say butterflies, but kind of those like iffy moments. I haven't really seen that from him. Although, I mean, when it comes to posts and stuff, that's that's a little different. But um, I think the defense, as long as they're, they play a calmer style in their own end, I think it'll be a very big improvement over what we've seen the past few years. So, um, I'm going to see. Uh, yeah. So it does not look like Austin will be able to join us. I don't know where that. It's a Sunday night. It's 11 o'clock at night. He's like, I'm just on the way home right now. So just go without me. What is he doing at 11 o'clock out on a Sunday night? God, I wish I had his life, I guess. No idea. So, um,. I want to kind of get your thoughts on what you're looking forward to with the Leafs this season. What What's something you're looking forward to watching the most? I'm looking forward to seeing how Tyson Berry plays. I'm really excited for him. He looks so good, and I'm so upset that he's probably going to only be there for a year, but hopefully they uh, do something special because he's a really good player. Yeah, I, I do like... I, I'm curious to see how everything plays out. Um, I think the defense is going to be better, but I want to see how the forward. I want to see how Matthews and Nylander can try to take kind of turn the page on what happened last season, especially Nylander. And uh, I mean, Matthews looked really good in preseason too. Like it's preseason, you don't take you don't take everything in like oh he's going to be like a fifty goal scorer. But the fact that he's been going through all the, like, he's been dealing with his off-ice stuff and that hasn't impacted his on-ice stuff, I think that's, uh, that's been, that's been good to see. The rest of the league, we know that the Leafs have had an issue getting out of the first round because they keep beating Boston, which continues to be something that I shake my head about. Um, do you see a scenario again where the Leafs and Bruins play in the first round? Yeah, I just know it's going to happen. So I'm just not even going to pay attention to it. I just know it, it's happening. It's inevitable. So now it's so it's un- really annoying. Um, I hate this fucking stupid system. They think it's a good system. It's horrible, but whatever. It, it's what works for them. 
I mean, and in the end, the Leafs just have to get over the fucking hump. They should have won both these series. Yeah. Um, I think maybe getting uh, the first, uh, getting the home ice advantage could be a key factor for them, hopefully. Um, because they haven't had that. Like, they took that away when they won that first game in Boston. Um but then I feel, you know, it, something just seemed off about them, especially with Durbin and Gardner being obviously not 100%. And hopefully they can, the Leafs can find a way to stay healthier going into the playoffs. Maybe that means having your business kind of settled beforehand and that you can give Freddie some rest, give some guys some rest. But... Um, Let's go with some other predictions, too. Uh, I asked Austin for his. He did give it to me. So, so Jake, who do you think leads the league in points this season? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'll probably say... Probably, probably go Kucherov. You're Kucherov and McDavid. I mean, that just seems really easy. I want to give some bold prediction like I, I think an outside chance is a guy like Nathan McKinnon but I just I don't know I, I kind of see it a different way no I, I really do like um, I really do like McKinnon but I I think uh, Kucherov will be the pick I think McDay will be close though I think there will be a good one too there um, goals Austin, oh sorry, let me give Austin's pick. Austin's pick was McDavid, so for points. Yeah. yeah who do you think? Bold. Who do you think will score the most goals this year? I mean, it's pretty hard to take anybody but Alex Ovechkin. I think he's gonna probably get fifty again. He'll probably get thirty in the same spot. Yeah. Um, I, I think this will could be the year that Matthews tries to challenge him, but unless Matthews stays healthy for a year, I think this is OV's to lose, and uh, Austin agrees with that. He got he has Ovechkin as well. My sleeper though to watch out for is uh, Patrick Kane because he was really good last year, and mm. there's a chance yeah. he could be better this year. So I'd, I'd keep my eye on Patrick Kane. I think like a sneaky guy who I think could finish top five in goals, I like Brock Besser. I, like, oh, I'm a big yeah. fan of big-time shooters. He can shoot. Especially if there, you're There's very few of them, like Kucherov, Ovechkin, uh, Line A, Matthews. Um, but I, I love the way that kid shoots the puck. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through the goalie wins. Who do you think? Oh, Vasilevsky. So we're all going with Vasilevsky here. Yeah, it's pretty easy. He had he had what forty last year, and he was hurt for like a month. Yes. Yeah, he should he should get that. Because the other issue too is not every team has a workhorse. You know. No. I'm trying to think of. Like Boston, like we know that. Uh, Ra- I mean, Rast didn't play a full season. Like, did not play a full season, because he uh, he sp- split the duties with uh, Halak. So 
I'm trying to find the goalie summary from last year. Why Why does NHL.com make this so bloody complicated? Here, let's get rid of that. Oh, they make this so goddamn hard. Here we go. And then people wonder why. Okay, Vasilevsky led the league with 39 wins and 53 starts. Holy crap, I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Vasilevsky will be my pick. Uh, maybe, I mean, Freddie was only three off, but um, I think Vasilevsky is just, I think Tampa is going to be on a mission this year. So Austin agrees with that as well. Who are the two teams you think will be in the cup final? Hmm, that's really hard. Um, the East is, I'm always hopeful. I'm always hopeful that it's the Leafs. Um, the West is really hard. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Colorado. St. Louis, I think, is, I just don't think they're good. I, I still can't believe they won last year. Um, if I had to pick, I'll say Vegas. I'll say Vegas. <laughs> so you have Leafs Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So Austin. Has... I also like Nashville. I think Nashville is pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna go with that. I I, I was thinking uh, Leafs Leafs Preds. I just think that's a... because the Preds. I think they finally got that center iceman that can take some pressure off of Johansson to be just the only guy. Um, and yeah, I also like that the, their defense too is just so, so good. Um, Austin has it as lightning, uh, lightning and Vegas. And he says, I, I asked him, who do you have winning it? He says, I'll say Tampa and be happily disappointed in April. <laughs> Jake, who do you think it's going to be an Eastern team or a Western team that wins the Cup this year? The East. I just think the East is so much better than the West. Um, in in terms of depth and in terms of the amount of uh, con- legitimate contenders. Like, I mean, I, I watched the East last year. I think the only reason that they didn't win was because the quality coming out of the East was so bad. Yeah, and I also think Tampa, like, I mean, just such a bad round one. Like, if Tampa had gone past that round one, I don't think any other team would have beaten them. I, I just think that Columbus, they just, they just played such a perfect round one that it, it just it, it didn't do uh, matters great in that regard. So, yeah, Tampa's going to be good. I mean... Like, I think a team like Washington will be half decent, so um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And now, Jake, we get to watch this Cowboys-Saints game and in complete freaking confusion. I don't I don't understand what they're even looking at. Like, this is a throw. They're saying they, they're trying to determine whether it, the ball went forward. I know. I, like, I, it's the dumbest thing. Also, just they look, how how do they look so bad? God. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, here comes the text already about it. Well, with that being said, uh, Austin apologizes for not being on the podcast tonight. He had a busy Sunday on his calendar. <laughs> um, we'll see how things go. Maybe we'll do a quick uh, podcast after the game so we get all three of us together. I do have the night off from work. So, um, Jake, thank you again for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Let's pray that the Cowboys somehow pull us off, although your bet would not, wouldn't work even if the Cowboys did score. And this is going against the Cowboys since Pelly. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. How the fuck is this P.I.? Push-off? I don't know. With that being said, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to the Cowboys on your Oh my Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5 hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.